Welcome back to Sober Grind. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you better understand addiction and recovery. My name is Austin and I'm your co-host along with Pej. Today, we're going to be talking about screen addiction, smartphones, gaming, and whether this type of addiction can actually lead towards other addictions. Let's get started and talk about this. Welcome back to Sober Grind. Today we have an awesome topic. We're probably not even going to finish this topic because I'm sure we're going to have we're going to go back and forth on this for forever, and we're going to have great insight. But we're talking about mm-hmm. screen addiction, screens as in our smartphones, our our laptops, our TV screens, even yep, gaming addiction, everything about this, and whether screen addiction is bad in and of itself or if it can actually lead to mm-hmm. other addictions. So Pej proposed this topic today. It's an awesome topic. Pej, why don't you just jump in here? What are, what are your thoughts and what made you well, want to talk about it? Well, what made me want to today? talk about it was, I mean, it's, it's not just a hot topic. It's something that's going on. And, and there's a lot of people that are obviously addicted to their phones and addicted to things that they're looking at on their phones. There, there's different realms. Like yeah. there's people that obviously like if you just look around right now, like everybody owns a smartphone for the most part, right? I think 98% of the population now owns a smartphone. True. So yeah. smartphone companies are killing it. Right. And, and obviously like a lot goes into a smartphone. There's a whole other world in the virtual world. Right. And, and so um, we're all hooked in some way or another. I think I only know like a couple of friends that still use flip phones, but but um, when it comes to screen addiction, like I think it's a little bit more than that. Like right now, what a major concern is, is that we have young men and women who due to the fact that they're growing up with smartphones at a very, very young age <clears throat> are also in front of computers and um, and gaming addictions are, are coming about, mm. you know, so, uh, a, lot, a lot of parents like to put their kids um, like out of sight, out of mind, you know, like just put them in another room go and get involved and play some video games and uh, go away, kid. You bother me. You bother me, right? But some kids just want to do that. It's true. And even when, sorry to cut you off here. So even when parents go out to uh, eat um, and with their, their children as well, like I witness yeah. this all the time. Um, if, you know, they have a, you know, a, an uh, angsty kid or, or one that kind they'll of just put a phone, still or has ADD or whatever, they yeah, just put a tablet in front of them. They play this game and they yes. Just be quiet. But so, so anyway, so one of the reasons, there's a couple of reasons. I had a friend that's an interventionist in Canada that was asking me um, the other day. He had hit me up and a friend of mine, Pat Ochoa, he had hit us up both about what is the best um, addiction center that deals just with screen addiction uh, because he doesn't want to refer people that have a screen addiction to a treatment center where it's full on substance abuse um, uh, addicts and, and mental health because he, he believes that this is a whole other type of addiction and and you have to go at it from a different angle. So, you know, I had already heard about some places, a few treatment centers that specialize in this. But when I started, I, after trying to find the right referral sources for him, I started to realize that this is not only a, a big, it's, a, it's becoming a problem, but it's going to be bigger than ever because people are disconnected from the world. Um, I went to some place back east i just got back from my back east trip i happened to be somewhere and um when i was staying there um it was at somebody's house right and so they had a youngster actually it wasn't really that much of a youngster he was a person that was in his <clears throat> in his late 20s that um 
when I talked to the person, he was a really nice guy, very friendly, very, very cool. But when I saw his get down and what he had set up, um, it was a full console with several different screens. And um, he had like an online presence and he was telling me about Ninja. And Ninja is this guy that's got like millions of viewers and millions of followers. So he yeah. makes all this money. Ninja makes all this money, right? And, and, um, and so like, um, I can tell like this kid's goals and aspirations and dreams and what was to get to that level to where he's internet famous. I, I even like went into, um, into a target and saw a kid's shirt, a kid's shirt. This is like marketed and targeted towards kids. It said, I am YouTube famous. I am internet famous. Right. So, so uh, this is like a whole different uh, way of kid, people trying to seek fame and fortune and then that's through screening addiction now what happens here like what is this unhealthy i mean does is this like um are they full-blown addicts is this their substance and with that's like is it really killing them will they overdose uh, they're not going to overdose from like too much screening but what's happening to their brains like how are they functioning like where are they living a facade or are they is is this a type another realm of life that they're very comfortable in and they would just rather be in and and they're always kind of chasing the opportunity or the hope there's always that hope of i want to be able to make this make money for me so i could be like ninja it sounds to me like it's going to be another one of those things yeah. where um like not everybody that moves to hollywood <clears throat> or to to california with goals and aspirations to become an actor or actress ends up becoming an actor or actress. A lot of them may get small parts and things like that, but at some point or another, they may get into drugs and alcohol and become full-blown addicts and then become like part of the homeless population in California. There's plenty of people like that. So what happens to these people who are often in their, you know, that starts from teens, like in, in a, when they're teens, and then it becomes in the young adulthood, they're somehow able to have their parents or families enable them so that they can just stay home all day, live off of their parents and um, play video games. Like I, I was dating somebody not long ago that had a son that was 11 years old. And sometimes when I'd go look at him in his room, I'd say, what are you watching on TV? And he'd say, well, I'm watching YouTube. Well, what are you watching on YouTube? Oh, I'm watching this guy right here. And I'd go and I'd look and I'd, I'd see like, it was like a middle-aged guy, a guy in his thirties, right? That was playing a video game and he had this personality. And I talked to you about this too, Austin. Like I was like, he had this personality. Like he was kind of like, funny you know like like kids would like him he was cracking jokes he was he was very involved in this video game and i it, i was absolutely like baffled at the fact that there are kids that are in their you know 10s 11s 12 years old that are watching youtube watching somebody else play a video game for long periods of time and i, I believe that that may be yeah. the time when they I start to like have these thoughts of like who is this guy and as they start to mature and grow up and get a little bit older like who's this guy and why how did he become like that and and everybody loves him and he's got this many followers on so and so on the youtube platform and, and like i need that too so so this is w w could it become worse i believe that if you took this away from some of these kids they may start seeking other types of substances because the addiction is full-blown and and it can get bad and the reason i say that is not just because i've taking a shot in the dark and wondering or or just um thinking that it could happen i've actually was friends with a female who had a boyfriend about um seven years ago 
And she had such a problem with this gaming addiction that she'd come home all the time. She could never get his full attention. He was always in the screen, always playing his games. And she would come home and she would try to talk to him. And it got to the point where she just told him, I can't handle this anymore. Like, I can't live with you anymore because you're always yeah. on that console. You're always playing games. You're in a whole other world. Those are your friends. You're always talking to them. You don't talk to me anymore. You don't give me any attention. And, and so they came to an agreement that he has to, limit his gaming and but he would still sneak it and then afterwards when he limped like he just totally took gaming out of the picture about three weeks later she came home and she found him doing heroin in the house shooting heroin in the bathroom while her daughter was wow <clears throat> wow well i certainly hope that's that's not the normal but that definitely explains that it is possible um with the the whole youtube and, and gaming and ninja thing it's you know, this has been going on for a while of people watching um, uh, watching people game rather than gaming themselves, which is pretty funny. And there's kind of a uh, there's there's a social aspect to it as well. So if you're more of an introverted person, you know, maybe you don't want to go out and, and meet people or make friends, but you can have conversations with people virtually over these games and communicate with them. And even just sit there and watch and hang out with these people that are playing games like the guy that you just mentioned. Over time, I forget the, the um, there's a there's a term for it, but you you think that you get to know that person and you you really start to um, appreciate them and think that they're your friends because you're watching them and you're you're um, uh, accepting what they're talking about and agreeing with all of them. Uh, so there's there's a psychological element there, but then gaming has become right. a career path now, a phenomenon. So I don't know how aware of, of this you are, but there are stadiums uh, that are um, like selling out 40,000 mm -hmm. uh, seats. A lot of these gaming events are becoming larger than right. major sports events, bigger than the NFL, bigger than than uh, the MLB, bigger okay, so than combat are, sports. Are they sitting in a stadium uh, and, and these everyone's are playing the same game people. or they're watching someone play a game? Okay, they're watching yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, so they're watching uh, teams of people, so competitive so game like play. They're in, so, they're in an arena, um, like, uh, everyone's sitting in the stadium seats and there's people down on the yeah. main floor like in the round that are playing against each other and everybody's watching this at the center. Yeah, so they'll have, they'll have rows of computers uh, and then they'll show the gameplay up on uh, on the big monitors in the stadium, so everybody can watch. Because naturally, if you're in the nosebleeds, you can't see what they're they're doing. I mean, on I'm, the not, I'm not surprised. But these that this these is have going been going on, on for not, decades. It was expected that you know, with with as much that's going on virtually and 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 in the gaming world, I it, it of course it's going to grow to this expansive like this is expected right that's pretty gnarly i never knew about the the whole arenas and things like that i know like they have so and it, and it's not even go ahead it's not even just talking about gaming as well it's it's smartphones in general i mean it's it's i'm no expert on this but it's it's the uh uh dopamine plays a right. big role in here uh it sends that dopamine rush in your brain you know they're Facebook and all of these games are created to provide instant right. gratification. And that instant gratification, whether it's a, a new quest that you 
um, that you unlocked or a new level that you're that you're working on or beat or a new armor or even more likes on your photos or your videos or more comments on your posts. It sends off a dopamine signal mm -hmm. in your brain and it says, hey, I want more of this. I'm getting attention. And oftentimes you get more attention online than absolutely. you do in person. And it becomes that reward. It absolutely, definitely. The validation that comes through, like Facebook set it up to where it just used to be a like button. So if somebody like liked your thing, like you, people will go back. You, I would go back and I want to see, well, who liked my thing? Oh, there's a row of friends that like my thing. Now, I think it plays yeah. with our brain too, to the point where we think, um, well, how much, how long were they actually engaged in what I was writing about? I think it builds like a, a sense of narcissism, like almost to the point where like uh, uh, everybody loves me, right? Like everyone so is like, yeah. focusing on me. And then, then all of a sudden they came up with the heart symbol and the sad symbol and the angry symbol so that you could actually somewhat express emotion through, yeah. through uh, the like button, you know? So I, I get what you're saying. And definitely it does, uh, yeah. it's, it's addictive. That's why people like to swipe and swipe and swipe and scroll. Some people just like to talk about themselves all day. Yeah. And you know, and so, yeah, it's really interesting. Now, um... yeah, I want to address some comments here, and then we can get into some other stuff. But um, so I think it was PJ here that said, I actually gave up my phone when I did rehab. Uh, David says, hi. Joanna says, this is the first year LCAD has more game art students than any other major. It's blowing up. It's crazy. I mean, just to um, digress back to a little bit, there was a story that just came out a couple of months ago. A 16-year-old kid won, uh, I think it was $6 million in a game tournament. And that was more than Tiger Woods won uh, this year for, um, uh, for, I think it was, I don't know if he won PGA or if it's like the most he's ever won mm -hmm. in, uh, in a competition or something like that. But the 16-year-old kid won $6 million, which is more than Tiger Woods made, which is pretty crazy. And it shows all these kids as well that, you know, there's a career, there's a potential career here. You know, it's, it's insanely competitive, but that just aids yeah. to the whole thing um, as well. Where I want to kind of transition this to is, you know, there's, there's like the example that you gave of, uh, of your friend um, that it led to heroin addiction. We can alike in uh, uh, screen addiction to right. other behavioral right, right. addictions, right? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on uh, on on screen addiction in general uh, in relation to other behavioral addictions like maybe sex addiction or gambling addiction or workout addiction or well, anything else? I, I believe and I, with the, like, I, th I believe every human being has the ability to become an addict. There's some people that are addicted to, to food. There's some people that are addicted to porn or to sex, or to actually having sex, or to love and sex, or, or to drugs, to substances. There's people that are addicted to alcohol. There's people that are addicted to people, right? And then you walk into a, just walk into a Starbucks. True, codependent, yeah. Walk into a Starbucks and look at all the people standing around. There's no human interaction hardly anymore. Everybody is like this, me included. I mean, I'm guilty of this. Like, to the point where make, I tend to wonder sometimes, I wonder if all of our necks are going to just end up like, becoming permanent like like uh, opposite, opposite i think they've done studies on that in fact they have done in fact I, I think they've um they're yeah they're doing studies on the neck but also in our uh, our joints in our hands as well so i think right. uh we're starting to develop uh 
different uh, uh, joints in our thumbs, which is pretty right. interesting as well. Isn't that amazing? To think so, about. I mean, but the Starbucks thing, there's multiple addictions going on there. Not yeah. just a cell phone addiction and looking down, there's but the caffeine addiction. addiction as well. For me, it's nitro addiction because that stuff keeps you going, right? But I'll, I'll say, you know, so do I think this is going to transpire? I don't think everyone's going to turn into a heroin addict because they have a screening addiction. I think that the unmanageability that comes with um, with screen addiction is is basically, it's a whole other addiction that may hold people back in life. Unless you're, unless you're making video games, uh, unless you're the owner of the company that produces video games, um, I don't see like how else you're going to make money unless you're in tournaments and you're winning all the time. I mean, that kid won $6 million, but you know, the kid must've been a, a badass. Like he must've been really good to be able to win that much money. Well, there's lots of these, there's lots of these competitions uh, and different tiers as well. So that's the top prize. But then, you know, you get back to the YouTube and Twitch thing. So all you need to do is build a, um, a presence on these platforms, which is yeah. extremely obtainable for a yeah. lot of people. And then you can turn on um, uh, uh, ads on your, uh, you can monetize your, your channels on both Twitch and on YouTube right. as well. So that's another way that people generate money. And, you know, a lot of these kids are getting pretty popular and famous on yeah, YouTube they're, pretty young they're learning how to and they're starting to generate these. I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, with marketing and, 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 you know, having ambitions and goals. And if you can actually get to certain levels, great. But what about like the guy that is living with his parents and his parents are frustrated because he doesn't have any type of interaction, any life yeah. with them or she um, to the point where there's probably a lot of empty promises. There's probably a lot of, like, I got a business plan. I'm going to be doing this online. My presence will be like this for the next three years. And you'll see where I will be within three years. I can be self-supporting. I'll be able to make my own life and my own living. But because the parents allow that, at that point, the kid yeah. is, has got like maybe like 1,200 followers in three years' time, which is not making any money. It's not generating any kind yeah. of revenue or anything like that. So basically, the kid's just having the time of his life with his, with his online uh, community, you know, the little smart, small, minimal amount of people that he knows, but he's not moving or going anywhere in life. It's sort of like the guy that lives in his mom's garage at the age of 42. Like that's where I see a lot of this addiction going because I don't think that, I don't uh, foresee healthy marriages. I don't fo for foresee healthy relationships because you're going to have um, your loved one constantly wanting your attention or, or maybe there will be some people that just be like, you do your thing. Go play your game for five hours tonight. I'll go do my thing. I'll go shopping. I'll go hang out. Do girls night out and then we'll come back and we'll be together. To each their own. But right now, a hot topic is screening addiction. And, and yeah. obviously, it um, it can start from adolescence. And there are people that are sending people worldwide to go detox from um, screen addiction. You know, try to. There, I encourage people to go to these silent retreats where you don't have a phone for three days, ten days. And you're just with your thoughts. Like, you don't even talk with anyone. Um, I know that, um, Yeah. you know, I know there are treatment centers for substance abuse that when you first go in, they'll take your phone away for up to 30 days. You know, that's a time of self-reflection. That's a time to take a look at yourself and, and actually have some human interaction like we used to do back in the day before we had all of these. Yeah, I actually want to, I want to talk to you. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about that. That was one of uh, my next questions that I had is, 
you know, you see this all the time. Uh, what are the natural uh, instinctions and what are the first couple of days like for, for people that come into rehab or detox and have to give their phone up for, for 30 days? You know, what, usually, usually what, I what see do what, they go through? Usually what you I know, see I'm sure over, you know, two, three weeks. Some people will be angry that they have to turn in their phones right away. Some people will be totally willing because they want to detox so they know it's going to be a long road ahead and they have a lot of um, comfort meds and things like that. They need to actually go on a detox and like sleep a lot or, or rest a lot. So they're fine without a phone. But once the fog starts to clear and they, they're, you know, they, the thoughts start to come back, then all of a sudden they want that phone. They want to utilize that phone. They don't just want the phone. They all come up with excuses if I need to call so and so and so and so. But and usually, like you will, we have restrictions. We won't allow them to have the phone. But every so often, they'll get that phone in their hand if they need to, like take care of some banking stuff or something like that. And the next thing you know, the guy's going through his Facebook Messenger, he's catching up on some things. Not that he's jumping on some games or anything like that. But you know, he he wants to check like his emails real quick. He wants to see if anyone's communicated with him in, in various uh, places. And, and that's where the addiction is right there. It's like, I need that phone. I can't not live without that phone. Phones have become one of the most dangerous things yeah. for addicts and alcoholics that go into treatment because it's a resource. It's a way that they can obtain drugs. They can go out and call people. They can go on certain websites or they can have drugs delivered to them. So phones and computers, the reason that a lot of treatment centers will hold you back from doing that um, is so that you can focus on yourself, be with your thoughts and not have anything that's going to take you down a bad path. You know, we got to wrap it up though. Mr. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a, there's a great book that a, a colleague of ours, uh, Jim Sugal wrote. Uh, if anyone is in need, it's called uh, 12 steps to smartphone addiction. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's a great book. I have it. I don't have it with me. Right now, it's out in the other room. I should have I should have brought it in here uh, to show it. It's a it's an awesome book. Shout out to Jim. Uh, you can check that book out on Amazon right. if you're interested. It's not sponsored, just a just a good guy. Um, do you have any thoughts or advice on people that maybe they're starting to struggle with uh, smartphone addiction or screen addiction in general? Uh, what can they do to kind of wean themselves that's, off? That's that's too much for me to even go into. I think it's an almost at this point right now. I believe that if there's families that uh, are uh, that they have somebody in their house that seems to be overly addicted to screening, um, and responsibly move out of their mother's house or father's house and go out and live in their own apartment and they're, they have such a large online presence to where they're, you know, it's lucrative and they're making money and they can pay the rent more power to them. But for the most part, you know, the general working class has to go out and get a job and pay their life, you know, pay for the towards their life. And I don't think that it's going to always come through online sources unless they're selling stuff on eBay or like, you know, like, there's many creative ways of making money. Depending on how you do it, there's probably tons of books. There are sure. tons of books. And there's even classes on how to do it. But, I mean, I'm sure you can even learn how to do it on YouTube, right? Which is on a screen. Regardless, I'm going to go. You definitely can. <laughs> I have to take off right now, but it was great talking with you Well, all. Fair, fair enough. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Pej. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Sober Grind. You can catch all of our past episodes <laughs> on SoberGrind.com, our brand new website. Check it out. 
check out Pej's Instagram at drug underscore intervention. He posts a lot of stuff on there. It's awesome. And if you or a loved one are ever struggling with drug or alcohol addiction, you can always reach out to Pej or myself. Uh, Pej at beginningstreatment.com, Austin at beginningstreatment.com, or you can reach out to Beginnings Treatment Centers 24-7 by calling 800-387-6907, and someone will help you no matter where in the United States you are. Thank you so much, Pej. Sober Grind out.